It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. LMFM Podcasts. With CNC Carpets, we bring the showroom to you. Or you can book a personal consultation at our fabulous new showroom in Moortown, Dramiskin. Call 87 237 or visit our website at cnccarpets.com to book an appointment. CNC Carpets, for all your carpet and wood flooring needs. Welcome to Late Lunch, a brand new week of the show, early September. Hope you had a lovely weekend. Wasn't it a real contrast in the weather? Saturday was sit in and look out and yesterday was get out there and enjoy yourself. Just shows you the Irish climate. You love it, don't you, for all it brings. Welcome to the show. Great to have you with us. We've lots of chat over the next couple of hours, including we'll be catching up with a local woman who has uh, a lot to say about the appointment of Liz Truss. Yes, Sheila Bailey from Dundalk uh, voted in the Conservative Party vote and she'll be with us later on. But we begin the show today reflecting on the weekend that I just mentioned. Were you at at Electric Picnic? Did you enjoy it? Were some of your family there as well? Well, our Lizzie Dorn was there and I was talking to her this morning as she was just packing up the tent. I presume all that is done at this stage, Lizzie, and you're on the road home. Oh, Jerry, we are. Well, we're in the car, but there's a backlog now. We'll be here for a couple of hours, I'd say, trying to get out of the place. Really? You, you haven't actually left Strad Valley oh, yet? No, we, no, no. We've been in the car now with the queue for about an hour. Um, mm. And there's some sorry people now, only again, with broken trolleys trying to get their gear into the cars. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, <working>. my. <laughs> the joys of youth and festival I going. Ah, well, well, well. What's your uh, thoughts as the dust settles on Electric Picnic 22? It was fantastic. It was brilliant. A really good lineup. Really good. Just a great atmosphere. Now the weather obviously was a massive one. Everyone was a bit worried about that, but sure, we killed ourselves out. I was in yellow from head to toe, so I was delighted. I was joy, anyways. Um, you, you see, you were clever, and we were chatting here last week, and you made provision because we were talking, weren't we, about the weather? And I said, make sure <laughs> you bring gear with you because there's going to be some rain. And you were wise. I love your yellow skins. I really oh. do. I literally, from head to toe, covered in yellow, the welly boots on. I was completely waterproof, which was deadly. Now, a lot of other people weren't. There were some people walking around. They were just fully covered in muck. Like, it was a slip and slide. There was, like, main arena. There was some areas that you were sliding around. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can just visualise it myself. But look at it. When you, when you look at it overall, you had some lovely days. And, of course, night time. I think, was it Friday night? Saturday night, especially Saturday night. You must have been washed there, were you? Oh, my God. Like, like soaking. Like, there was tents that just were flat. 
they mm. were not erect anymore. They were just flat. Mm. Like all of the general camping areas, there was some people that I feel very bad for now. There was just, they, I say all their gear was soaked. Even in uh, one of my friends' tents, they had, they were using the poles, the inside of their tents as a uh, washing line to try and dry some of their gear. <laughs> um, we were washed out of it. Mm. And the like main stage, obviously, because you're outside, but an awful lot of the um, acts are in tents. Yes. That was fantastic because you don't realise until you actually leave and you're kind of getting ready to go home or whatever. Now, like the rave in the woods and the the dancey the, into the hour, early hours of the morning, they were a washout yeah. on Friday and Saturday night. Mm. They were a washout. But last night now was absolutely gorgeous. There was, the rain somehow held off we, and we were expecting, we were all getting alerts from Meharon all day yesterday saying that there was yellow weather warnings. We were like, well, what are we going to do? But we were fine, and we all danced into the early hours this morning. Great. I'm delighted, because Sunday was a nice day, and it lasted right through, and you were able to finish it on a high. Yes, we saw uh, reports of people actually leaving the, the site there. It was so bad at one stage. Mm. Others heading for their cars, so that was all part and parcel of it. But I, I, you, you would say, wouldn't you, after being away for a few years and it not on, there was such a joyous feeling. Is that fair to say? There was a buzz. Everyone, everyone, they were even here. We came down and we got the early bird tickets. We came down on Thursday evening and we thought we were being really smart doing that because, you know, you get set up, ready for Friday, like ready to go. Um, but they obviously, there's about 10,000 extra people at this year than there ever has been. Mm. So they obviously upped their early bird tickets as well. So there was thousands of people. I would say, like, there were people on that arriving down on Saturday morning like trying to pitch their tent in all of the all of the campsites. Yes. And they, and they no space. Like there was lads I saw a group of lads, they were literally at the entrance of the male toilet. I was like, Besties, that's not gonna do anyone any favors. That's mm. not a good place to be. Mm. Um but they no it was. It was it was it was fantastic now. The one thing I would say that was a massive neg all the positives, it was really, really good. The one thing now is the the traffic management. There doesn't seem to be any. Um so that's one thing that they should improve on. <laughs> okay, so there's a suggestion already as Lizzie sits still in her car waiting to get out of the site in Strand Valley. What about, like, a few things I did notice? The food, there was a lot of people talking expensive to eat? Yeah, really expensive. Like, like stuff, like standard stuff, like chips were like seven euro for like a small little portion. Like, if you had a family in that, I'd say you'd be spending an absolute bomb mm. on, like, food, drink in the main arena, um, uh, anything like that, even like the like the rides, the carnival rides. A couple of us went on, and it was twelve euro for one go. Oh, like uh, and that's for like thirty seconds. Yes, yeah, I saw that. The oh, Ferris that. wheel was twelve euro or something, and somebody said she'd get in a Ryanair flight to London in a sail for twelve euro and I go know. up in the London Eye for less. <laughs> Literally, I know, and I don't know why the price. I mean, I've been here a couple of years, and I've never had it be that expensive. I don't remember it being that expensive. Now I know there was a gap of COVID and stuff, but like. I really don't remember being that expensive. Like, you'd be able to get away with only spending a couple of quid a day, but yeah. not anymore. Even the pint. The pint, I paid seven fifty for a pint yesterday. Out of a plastic mug? Out of a plastic mug, and it wasn't even, like, it wasn't, like, fresh or anything. Like, it's yes. from a, one of those little push-a-button push machines. Mm, mm. So, 
Expensive, expensive food, expensive, expensive drink, and yeah. uh, they're getting a bit uh, some jip I see as well about the plastic that they should be considering, you know, reusable and uh, recyclable as well. But that's another thing they need yeah, to right. take on board for for next year. What was your highlight? Who did you enjoy most? Can you pick one out to say oh, that was brilliant? One, um, okay, last night disclosure were amazing. Mm. Um, glass animals were fantastic. Um, oh, there were so many brilliant people. Lyra was brilliant. Yeah. Um, London Grammar. I actually, I loved everyone I went to. I was like, wow, amazing. Mm. Um, they were really, really, really good acts. And like, I think every all the artists were even so both to be there and be back and performing because even like the likes of Dermot Kennedy, he's back. He's in on it on the Irish soil performing to an Irish crowd at Electric Picnic, like our biggest festival here. Yeah. So there was just a great buzz all around the place. It really was. I see Becky Hill got rave reviews. Oh, she was brilliant. She had, she had the whole main arena dancing and she was like kind of midday, like I don't know, maybe four, not midday, like she was afternoon time. It was mm. still really bright out for her. She had everyone dancing. She mm. was really good. And like, even when you walked into the main arena, like she was, she, there was a vibe with everyone rushing to her. So everyone was dancing, like going there anyway. So it was really, really good. I know you mentioned the cost of of drink there as well, but there was very good reports as well about Freetown, these snugs and bars that they created. I, I take it you were there. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, yeah. There's there's bars everywhere. There was a lovely. They, they got a new like beauties one as well, and it was like you had a rooftop bar, could see nearly like over like the whole main area. It was so nice to be up there and like have a bit of chill before the madness later on in the day. And there was really, the really cool places now to go get a drink. And at the end of the day, when you're coming to these things, you are expecting when you go in, you're going to spend a bit of money. Like, yeah. you don't really mind. Mm. But, yeah. Mm. Two things before we finish. Had you showering facilities or do you need to get home and soak in the bath or stay in the shower for half an hour, which you shouldn't do? <laughs> I had a I had a lovely shower facility. I was in a nice campfire um, and we had lovely shower facilities. Now, there's shower facilities all over like the picnic. Great. Some of them just are not very nice. So a lot of people would not have used them. Now, I was very lucky, but even though I did use them, it still takes out of you. I feel like I have to go home and just soak in a very hot like shower for a while. Good on you. I'd say there's immersions going on this evening all over the country in showers. Don't forget to switch them off. The immersions because of the price of the blimmin' electricity. Now, you know the tickets for next year, believe it or not, go on sale this coming weekend. Will you be purchasing? Oh, sure I will. <laughs> I think I will now. And I, it is, it's an amazing festival. It's so good. There's something for everyone and they do always tailor a lineup. Like there's, yes. there is something for someone, even if you're not really into the big acts or whatever, like you can go and see, like there's so many podcasts, podcasters there this year and they were amazing. Like they were so good. Like um, my therapist ghost with me was in the electric arena and they were fantastic yesterday. They were so good. So there's something for everyone. Like even you wander around, like there's, a trailer park where you can go and sit and just do random things like went to a blindfolded maze or whatever it is. Fantastic. So it was really good. Really yeah. good. I would say, yeah, definitely will be purchasing another ticket. Good on you. Well, listen, I uh, hope you get out of there soon. See you soon. And we're going to leave you in the company of Fontaine, DCs and boys in the better land. You're not alive until you start kicking when the room is spinning and the words are sticking. Yes, Fontaine DC's one of the star turns at Electric Picnic 2022. 
The boys in the better land on your late lunch this Monday afternoon. He's with us next. He's going to calm the waters after Fontaine's DCs. Yes, John Lowe is with us. Mortgage rates, stick or twist. Our good friend John Lowe, the money doctor, joins me on the line. Afternoon, John. Good afternoon, Jerry. Nice to talk to you again. Nice to talk to you too. Well, John, there's um, the last, this morning even, all over the place, there's a little bit of uh, concern about mortgage rates. Some commentators saying that they're about to go through the roof over the coming months. So the big question is, John, what to do? Well, it's, it's interesting you say that because I'm now getting clients who have got tracker mortgages and for the first time they've now decided they want stability, they want security and they're moving to a low, I mean the lowest rate on the market, you know, non, say, green rate is actually a very respectable four-year fixed at 2.05%. And, uh, you know, that compared to, for instance, most people who are on a tracker, they have a 1% uh, margin. That's Mm. what the lender gets. Um, ECB rate was 0%. So when the first half percent went up there in in July, uh, it was down, obviously, to to 1.5%. Now it's probably likely to go another half percent this month, if not more, in fact. Mm. So that's now up to 2%. And now you 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 uh, then go uh, uh, maybe even a couple of months later, and it, they, there will be more ra- raises. That's for sure. Mm. You might remember Jerry, um, which I certainly do, about fifteen years ago, fourteen years ago, when the ECB rate um, went up a quarter percent every month for twelve consecutive months, and that was three percent in one year. Yes. At the end of that, people were screaming to get out of tracker uh, mortgages, mm. but then suddenly the ECB reduced it down to zero percent, and so we've had this stability for eleven years, where it's, it's, it's been nothing. But because of raging inflation, um, the only main tool that any of these countries have is is the uh, interest rate. So, John, are you saying to people who are on trackers today, the time is coming to consider fixing and leaving the tracker behind? It's it's very close to that, absolutely, yeah. Because as I said, there the, the proof is in the pudding, in, in the heating of the pudding. Um, you've got a half a percent already gone up, so that's now one and a half percent. Take another half percent mm. this month, which is likely could be even more than that. Um, that's two percent, so you're not that far off what you could get on the market. Two point oh five fixed four years, and, and at least you can you know sleep on the fact that no more interest rates for the next four years but you don't know where these um, tracker rates are going Mm. Now John if if I'm on a fix at the moment and I'm say I have a year to go six months to go Mm. can I refix? You can. Some of the lenders are actually uh, waiving the penalty to, when you have a fixed rate, there's usually a, a penalty to, to, to change it or to, to get out of that fixed rate. And it could be something like maybe up to six months interest, Jerry, on the amount that you borrowed. Um, some of the banks have different criteria of how they work it out. However, I again have clients who have decided um, that the bank is charging them and they're going ahead with that and they're going ahead with uh, paying a, a charge so that they can get into this uh, fixed rate elsewhere. Mm. I see on Post, and you've been writing about it in your regular column in the Irish uh, Star newspaper, on yep. Post are making inroads into this market, aren't they as well, the mortgage market? Yeah, they've set up with a company called Moco, and uh, they're a UK company, but it's going to be, Jerry, at least a year before they even get a smell of a mortgage, because um, they first of all have to go through a central bank and get authorisation. That's... Uh, 
you know, forever, like nearly. Uh, and secondly, even when they do, they're going to be uh, creating their own fund and they get bringing in funds. They're not like going to be a broker where they get, you know, permanent and ICS mortgages and, and Bank of Ireland, AIB. Um, they will have their own funding. And uh, therefore, they would be able to kind of maybe under a bit like Bank of Scotland did 25 years ago when they came over and they undercut the market. I mean, at that stage, the um, kind of standard variable rates were about maybe 3% over uh, the cost of funds. And so the, 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 the banks at that point were actually coining it. And then Bank of Scotland came in. They not only reduced it by about one and a half to 2%. Uh, but they also started doing 40-year terms. They started doing fixed um, rates. They started doing interest-only uh, mortgages. And they were very, very innovative. It's, it's terrible the way it's happened because, you know, you know what they've gone now about eight, ten years. Uh, but they were terribly innovative at the time. Our Louise has come up with a good one for you, John, just back to the tracker. Mm. If you leave the tracker now and sign on a fix and then the re- the rates reduce back, say, in two or three years' time, can you go back to the tracker? No. Mm. <laughs> no, that was the mm. way. In fact, in some respects, um, and I think that the banks will be cute this time. If you do leave a tracker, you'll, it'll be cast iron and stuff. When they they left the tracker the last time, they weren't explained the consequences of what might happen should you leave the tracker. I think that'll be, as I say, cast iron by the time you decide to leave a tracker. Okay, so uh, now is the time to seek uh, independent advice from the likes yeah, of yourself. I think so. I mean, yeah. each one has different. I mean, yeah. I've, I've come across Jerry people with a standard variable rate with three point nine percent. You know, so that's a no-brainer to, to kind of go for a fixed rate. And because what's also happening, by the way, if you have a standard variable rate, and say it's uh, 3%, and then ECB decide they're going to stick on another half a percent, so that goes theoretically up to 3.5%. And all the, all the lenders who, who have standard variable rate um, mortgage holders, they will do that. They'll put on the half percent. But what they'll also do is they might sneak in a little quarter percent here on top of it, Mm. And you can do nothing about it. Absolutely yes. nothing. Mm. They can cite anything like, for instance, that, uh, you know, cost of funds, you know, uh, we've got bad arrears or whatever. Yes. And and you have no say or no comeback on that one. Not, while not you, when you're standard variable rate. Yes. No. While you're with me, let's just switch to something else that's preoccupying lots of people's minds at the moment with uh, uh, autumn, winter, next springtime imminent. And that's uh, the cost of energy across the board, John. And you have always been one in everything you talk to me about over the years mm. to switch always to be, uh, you know, uh, open to that and looking at it. But with everybody, John, all the big energy providers all rising their rates up to 30% and beyond. Yeah. What do you say about switching? And you know, I, I was, I was um, reminded even this morning uh, when my daughter was about 14 and uh, she was the last to leave the house while I was in the car waiting for her to get in to drive her to school and then when she opened the car door I happened to notice it was like middle of winter. I said, Kerry, go back in that house and switch off that light in your bedroom. Mm. That's really essentially what we need. It, it is a, it's not just a question of, of switching to another provider. Admittedly, you'll do that and see if you can get it. I mean, I got a letter this morning from Borgosh Energy mm. uh, saying, you're a good customer and we'd like you to, uh, you're on a standard rate, and we'd like you to consider one of the cheaper options we have with us. 
which I thought was was quite good, you know, that they they, they weren't waiting for me to go and shop around, which I do. Mm. Um, but and it's coming up to the end of the contract. But I, I think that apart from, you know, looking at uh, what's available out there, you need to address your own issues. Like, for instance, do, do you put a full loads on in your washing machine? Uh, you know, do you kind of, you know, turn down your thermostat by one degree? And you, you're saving 10% in cost. Change your bulbs to LED uh, mm. lights instead of, you know, ordinary bulbs. They last forever. Um, and the immersion, don't have the immersion on while you still have the, the, the heating on in the house. Yes. You're doubling up. All of those little things, you know, fill the kettle only for the amount of water you want to make a cup of tea. Mm. Uh, little things, every cent counts, and it is getting to that stage. We really need to look at, you know, what are we spending, and, and we need to just double-check that we're, we're getting value. That's what it's all about, value. One last thing just before we go, John. Just a question come in there from a listener. Would you ask uh, John Jerry? I'm due to retire soon and I'm entitled to um, a moderate lump sum and I'm looking to secure it somewhere that it's there for me. No risks, please. John, I know you'll say the, the, um, the what do you call them, the state savings. The um, Yeah, well, they, well, they're the safest because they're guaranteed by the government. So prize bonds or national tr- uh, solidarity bonds. It depends on the, the kind of term that this lady wants. Um, it, it, you know, the 10-year solidarity bond, while well, it's safe, and it's also, you get 10% tax free at the end of your 10 years, it's only equivalent, Jerry, to 1.43% mm. gross per annum. So it's not going to, you know, there's many a model would say, I'm not getting out of bed for that. Yes. You know, so, I mean, if you want, I mean, prize bonds uh, would be, actually, I would put it into prize bonds sooner than a solidarity bond, because at least you have access to it after three months, seven days notice, plus then you're in a draw from day one and you yeah, could win you could win as yeah. I said I had three clients with half a million <laughs> each uh, in, in prize bonds and one of them as I said uh, won uh, 20,000 after eight weeks uh, another lady she, she I think I may have told you this before she said John you have no idea the pleasure I get from listening to my letterbox <laughs> go on a regular basis <laughs> I can hear the letter dropping in so there you are there's a little advice from John Lowe John listen you're great thank you so much for joining us on the, those hot pleasure, topics today talk to you soon John bye 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 that's John Lowe the money doctor coming up after two on late lunch I'm looking forward to my chat with Hazel Bochelle the Northeast Business Excellence Awards are happening in November and the closing date for entries is fast approaching it's this Friday the 9th of September and my next guest has been a winner at the awards she was a finalist in 2013 and then won retailer of the year in 2019 the last time the awards were on and she's up for another big one they said well she's entered the category of best hair salon and she's hoping to be at least shortlisted. I'm delighted to welcome to Late Lunch this afternoon, Hazel Bushell. Hello Hazel. Hiya Jerry. thanks for having me, Not, great to be here. Oh, it's great to have you with us on the show. We're going to talk about you and your business as well, but yeah, first sure. you might tell our listeners what did it mean to win to you and your business? Oh, it just to get that level of credibility and to be able to put it out there that that's that's your standard. And the clients, even the staff and, and the products that gravitate towards you organically after something like that. It, it's incredible. Um, there's just so much um, business connection to be made. Education as well through, through you know, being involved with other businesses, the awards, the chamber. Um, it, even just the night of the ball. It's a winter wonderland. And for the staff to be celebrated mm-hmm. because the, in a business like mine the, the staff are the business 
you know, if you look after staff, they look after customers. And um, to, to, to have the main event, the gala ball at, at the end, it is the icing on the cake. So yeah. win, win, win all the way for you personally, <laughs> the business, the staff, everything. Give yeah. everything a lift. Yeah, everything. It's good for everybody. Yeah. Definitely. So there you are. If you're listening to us today and you're in business, you should be entering. You really should. And I'm familiar with the night myself. I'll be there, please God, again this year. It is a fantastic occasion. Yeah. And the screams and wails and cheers when your name's oh, called yeah. out, that feeling. Serious excitement. Yes, yeah. yeah. serious. Yeah. It really yeah. is. And just to let you know that, as I said, time is of the essence. You've got to enter before this Friday, the 9th of September, and all the information can be had from Drogheda Chamber. You can check it out online, drogheadachamber.ie forward slash award categories all the information is there and uh, they'd be delighted to help you if you give them a call at Drogheda Chamber as well I'll give you that number in a wee while so for you tell tell our listeners about you and your businesses you are the owner of Tresses and Talent Salons in Bettystown and Balbriggan more recently tell us about you and how you got into this business in the first place well, I, I took a really scenic route uh, to this. You know, I wasn't hair and beauty originally. I was a teacher, um, primary, secondary, university level, all of that. And I, I think education and a different career is never wasted when you do a turnaround. I, I actually came to this probably quite late. I wasn't 17. I was in my late 20s and I went and studied hair and beauty. Um, had my babies and then I opened the salon in Betty's Town, which is my, my local area, um, back in 2011. And we've just opened another one this year in Bilbriggan. So that, that's only a baby. That's Tresses and Talents too. Um, but I, I love what I do. I love mm. what I do. And I think the background in education, the teaching that I did before has, has stood to me because um, I do have a passion for the, the staff being educated. And I think I think that really helps a business, any business. Um, so that's what gives us the excellence in the colour and the cutting. And it's what enables us to do what, what, what we really do. If, the, if there's a correction needed in something mm. in, in hair. Besides um, the business, though, yeah. you are known for the environment you create. You mentioned your staff and you yeah. mentioned your staff there all the time, which, yes. you know, yeah. you know yourself, a well, great business you. is built on wonderful staff. Yeah. But you are known for this, isn't it? Yeah. You're different. It, Thank you. Um, yeah, I, li- I like to pick staff that are, you know, they're not the same as each other. They're, they're all individuals who excel in something. Mm. Each one excels in a different thing. Um, and we have two incredible managers as well who have um, over the years been my right hand. Our, our brand is L'Oreal. I've, I, if you cut me, there'd be L'Oreal running out of my veins. <laughs> I just love the product. I believe in the product. Um, and so do the staff and managers. I think that really helps as well, the staff and the product. Um, and the two girls that I have managing, uh, Lisa Johnson and Danielle Reynolds-Cole, they, they have colour degrees from London. They really are something special in mm. this country. Mm. They're rare. Yes. Um, and and they, they're humble. They're so humble. They never brag about it. The, the the atmosphere the staff create is I don't need to be there it's it's always friendly mm. it's always welcoming and it just feels um, like coming into someone's house it doesn't really feel like you're coming into a business um, very very relaxed yes. and casual and your, de- your decor speaks that as well isn't the it because decor, that is yeah. different yeah yeah um, you know we try to we try to keep it um, very homely very coastal looking inside we have it's it's very colourful. It's not maybe like a standard salon where everything's black and white. Um, there's a lot of greens and blues and browns, sort of the environment, the sea, mm. the colours that we see around us by the ocean. 
Um, and I think that that energy and 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 a decor it, it it can have a real impact on the customer when they come in. Why L'Oreal? When did you you know decide they're for me and I'm for them? Yeah. Um, the, well, the first time I saw it in someone's hair, the colour was so vibrant. It was just the most gorgeous thing. Um, they are a very old company now. They're way over 100 years old. They're international. They're just they're, they're all over the world. Um, and they're, they're just they're unmistakable in their mm. quality. Mm. And that's what I love. And they really come behind a business and help you. They, they don't just sell you colour. They help you to educate your staff. Um, they help people's careers soar. They they give trophies. You know they reward exceptional talent, and the sky is the limit with a company like that. Tell me about this hair straightener of theirs. You love it. <laughs> so the Steam Pod Straightener, winning retailer of the year there with the Business Awards. A big part of that was the Steam Pod. It's this idea of straightening the hair but through steam kind of like your iron with your clothes at mm. home mm. Um, and I don't need it <laughs> as you can see don't be laughing now come on but you know. longer you never know I could help you um, but uh, yeah you know it will get smooth straight yes. hair for about three days this is really important now Jerry, to mm. a woman especially if she's going to an occasion or going on holidays she right. might not have to go near the hair for three days if she owns this tool um, but we are they very kindly asked us to be the steam pot ambassador for the east coast so in in our area uh, we would sell a lot of steam pots and uh, yeah look it's a great tool for a woman to have at home if she mm. can't get to a salon and I think especially with the lockdowns there of course <laughs> and it saved people it yeah, saved their sanity indeed it did and of course lockdowns impacted on, on you people more than yes. most should we understood that here yeah. as well during the time but here you are out the other side Still vibrant alive. again alive and well yeah. and a second salon <laughs> opening uh, opened in Balbriggan yeah. now look when you say the name Bochelle mm. a man called Pat comes to mind and I'm sure so many people listening today yeah there's no getting away from that that's for sure <laughs> you talk about DNA yeah, you yeah. have it Aww. by the bucket load Aww. you started with Thank your you. dad didn't you yes yeah so he he literally had me when I was two it's my earliest memory going going around houses actually in Drogheda and he would you know he would literally knock on doors put me up on the kitchen counter hold up a baby's party dressed to me and say what do you think missus would, would that be nice on your <laughs> child um, and fruit and vegetables in the van and Yes. Lots of things like that. I was mm. always by his side and people remember the man that owned all the businesses. But when I think of him, that, that was when he was starting out. That was when he was a guy who, you know, maybe needed a lift off somebody to get down the road to do these things. Mm. Um, but him and my mother, a, a great, a great marriage in, in business, you know, and two people who had drive, community spirit. They created so much employment, a lot of untold charity that they, they, they never talked about, really. They just did it. Mm. Um, and I think people talk about this work-life balance nowadays in business. Everybody's hungry for this. They're mad to, to create this for themselves, especially after the pandemic. There was none of that in our house because um, all the business was conducted in the living room. So we, us children would be eating our dinner, um, but there would be reps coming in and out with the bills and business and bills and everything being discussed while we were all still eating. Everybody was eating, including my father. But a lot of people don't know this. They had um, for 30 years an African grey parrot in a cage in the corner of this living room. So if the bills were too high, the parrot would verbally abuse whoever was <laughs> whoever was <laughs> delivering the total to my father. 
<laughs> I love this. They were they were very funny people, you know. Yeah. Um, but your mum was brilliant too, because I, I should have mentioned her as well, because her renowned gardener. Yes. Wasn't yes. She she, she grew bedding plants yes. um, at the house and yes. sold sold them. Of course. You know, from the roadside, you could pull your car up, you mm. could buy those. It was a it was a big business. Yes. Um. She just, her love of colour, she was just a burst of colour, all the colourful mm. flowers. Tomatoes, I think Irish people are obsessed with getting potatoes, strawberries, tomatoes by the roadside. It's still a thing. It is. But she would have been a forerunner she of was that. You know, she led had the, the way most with exceptional like tomatoes. People were coming from Dublin. And you know what I'm thinking about you? Yeah. You were nearly destined to come back this road from the teaching, the lecturing. Were you really in a way? You know what I mean? Yeah, it pulled me back in. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Because when you grow up, Watching people do business, do great service, mm. um, do brilliant sales. It's, it, it is, as you said, it, it, it's there, it's in you. You haven't maybe done a degree in it or done a course in it, but you somehow know what's right. What's right for the customer. It. You cannot you can't, teach You can't this. always teach no. it. No. And no. that's the thing. It's innate within you. And you certainly have it. By the way, Thanks. just folks, this weekend gone by, another honour coming your way. You're in the top 10 for the stylist of the year in yes. Leinster. Congratulations yes, to you. you so much. Very tough to get a shortlist in these events. It is, it is. And I would say um, that, you know, we, di- we didn't we didn't take it home. We were in the top 10 final yes. for that and uh, Hair Salon of the Year Leinster. But, um, you know, never say never. You should always pick yourself back up and, and do it. So I think if, if there's anyone thinking about the Drogheda, you know, the North East Awards, just, you know, done is better than perfect. And just make the coffee, go fill in the form. Don't be afraid. And don't be don't be afraid of judgment if you don't don't get it the first time or the second time. You you gotta try. You gotta mm. be in it to win it. Read you know? that quote there on the bottom of the page <laughs> for the listeners, will you? Because it yeah. impressed me. Please, this Thank is you. this is you, and you've said this recently. Hair isn't just superficial vanity, in my opinion. It changes how a person feels. It calms them lifts them. It's a fresh start in life for a person who needs one. People feel ready to face bereavement, interviews, exams, frenemies, celebrations and so much more when they have the hair they want. And I'm all about giving them that. (laughs) It is so true. When you get the hair done, it gives a lift, doesn't it? Yeah, there's this sparkle and you you just you see it oozing out of people when they're happy, Mm. when the hair is completed. They're just ready to face everything. And I said this before to um, others like yourself who are in a similar business. There's a real privilege and a closeness between a stylist and the customer, isn't there? Yeah, it's it's so physically personal Mm. and you have to have that permission from someone. And it's almost like, you know, they're paying you for a service. They're not there to be your friend necessarily. But I would say they have to feel like you're a friend. They have mm. to feel that level of closeness. And indeed, there are that I think that's why a lot of people become friends mm. with their hairdresser. And at Christmas, they don't, you know, they, they don't just, that's it, pay the bill out the door. You know, there would be exchanges of hugs and chocolates. And, you know, the, the hairdresser is there at your highest point. It could be your wedding day or something like yes. that, mm. um, or a celebration. But they're there at your lowest point because, you know, if somebody passes, uh, the first person you'll probably ring is the hairdresser because you're about to face everybody Mm. and you will call the person that's going to help you do it. The journey of life. 
Yes. Yes, from you start and to your finish. people out there from start <laughs> to finish. You've done great dresses and talents, Betty's turn and uh, of more uh, recent times. Well, bring in twenty twenty two, and you just want to mention for anybody listening to us today. Yes, before you go, I, if anybody has heard me out there and you need colour or you need highlights, we will give you in Betty's Town or Balbriggan in Tresses and Talons a free metal detox treatment which is great for if you're living in a hard water area because hard water plays havoc with, with colour and mm. highlights and we have a L'Oreal free metal detox treatment for anyone who wants to mention it. So, so mention uh, her appearance on Late Lunch today. Hazel was with us on your Late Lunch on LMFM Radio and they look after you in Betty's Town. 26th of November is the big gala night. Entries close this Friday for the North East Business Excellence Awards. You can enter now, drawthechamber.ie or give them a call at Draw the Chamber and they'd be delighted to help you. Continued success to you. Thank you so much for joining me Thank today, Thank you, Hazel. Jerry. Thanks so much. Take care. Mr George Ezra on your late lunch this Monday afternoon. That's especially for a little lady I know well, my granddaughter, Ava. Ava Flynn, she loves George Ezra. She just loves him. And I, sometimes she was listening at this time of the day. Oh, no, she mightn't be. She's in school. Louise, she's in first now. She'd mm. still be in class, wouldn't she? She yeah. would, yeah. Oh, Although God, I know, I I know uh, my mother is probably singing around that, that song around the house. Patsy. Patsy. Yeah, she? she loves it. Is she Herself George and my, Ezra my fan? niece, Bernie. Yeah. Really? Yeah, they know all the words. They're singing away around the house. Out singing in the car. Out singing in the car, yeah. With all the hand movements going. <laughs> karaoke. <laughs> my mother, the oldest raver in town, huh? Patsy, well done to you. Carpool <laughs> karaoke. I'll have to go out with them with the microphone and do a bit of recording <laughs> when we're singing in the back of the car. Well done to you all. Anyway, young at heart. That's what it's all about. Young at heart. God, I have to say, Louise, the weekend, I mentioned the weather, you know, the contrast Saturday, Sunday. But such a weekend, a tragedy. It's just, at times, it's too much to take when you think mm. of Henry the Bromhead's young lad. Oh, oh. the poor little pet. My and his words, only son. My word almighty, his only son. And mm. to lose his life, uh, you know, uh, at the game, he absolutely loves. You didn't see the, the interview with him on RTE that they replayed. I saw ah, the picture with the microphone, ah, but I didn't click God. on to it. He was just lovely. Ah. Do you ever know day to day? And then what happened in Tala with those children? Oh, my word almighty. That's just terrific. Horrific stuff. Nightmare stuff. Mm. God mm. love the mum and the whole family. It's just hard to you don't believe. like to think too much about it. Do you? No, and the community are totally shocked there. But what what happened? And questions, of course. Why did it happen? How did it happen? Of course, that's all going to be washed out through. Uh, why media is circles. right? I don't think you'll ever mm. know why. Mm. Really, I don't know. Don't I think don't there know. is a why to that. Is there? Yeah, yeah. That's the question. Is the why does somebody snap or something like that happen? It's just impossible to really uh, try and make any any type of sense of it. New British Prime Minister in Liz do they trust? In Liz do they trust? I'm just not sure. Anyway, we're going to Why are you not sure? I think it's not like her. The most I don't know anything about her. Unbelievable appointment ever. I, I'll tell you why yeah. she got it because Rishi Sunak, he, the, the, he was in the final two. You know, they start off with a number of candidates, they eliminate them, they get to the final two. Sunak, I'd say, is blamed for taking down uh, Boris Johnson. You know, when he went, it was the final straw. That was the end of Johnson. And the Johnson rump have brought this one in now as Prime Minister. Uh, but I 
from a distance, I think it could be a short-lived premiership. Uh, I really do. But let's see, anyway, what happens. But the thing is, um, the Conservative members have elected this woman as the Conservative leader. She automatically becomes the Prime Minister. What's needed now in Britain, really, is a general election. There should be a general election. Let the people decide, you know, is she the one for them? When is the next general election due? Oh, there's still a few years, I think. Two years or more, yeah. But uh, maybe she might call one down the road if she feels, but they won't call one at the minute because they'd probably be pulverised, the Conservatives. Anyway, we're talking about it a little later on with Sheila Bailey, who will be joining us after three in the show. She is a Conservative member, originally from Dundalk, and she had a vote and she supported Liz Truss. And we'll see what she has to say anyway when she joins us later on in the show. And just for you, Louise... Arsenal were beaten the weekend, Louise. I'm doing a little bit of education, Louise, <laughs> with Louise here. And you'll find out later in the week what this is all about. But Arsenal, Louise, just, okay. just for your information, they won the first five games, four games, four Oh five. yeah, you were saying they that won five. They won weekend. five, yeah, they were going for six. They were top of the table. Top of the table, but I did predict with David Sheehan, if anyone was listening to me on Friday, that they would lose that unbeaten record at Old Trafford against Manchester United yesterday and they were beaten 3-1. And they did play well, but look, it's goals that count. United won and United fans now, Manchester United to win the league. Manchester United to win the league just to tell all the supporters let's wait and see but anyway Arsenal's run came to an end yesterday crashing down the, but they're still top of the league Louise they're still top but they were beaten yesterday for the first time in, in the Premier League so there you go so Arsenal. you think that it'll continue well, uh, well, no, they have a great chance, Arsenal, to bounce back. They play, I think, Everton and Brentford next, which mm. are two teams they should beat, you know. So they have a good chance to bounce back with those games. But it, I think, Louise, this, Manchester United are one of the big clubs, like Liverpool. Um, are you listening, Louise? Yeah, I mean, Manchester Chelsea. United, Liverpool, Chelsea. Oh, you do Yay. know. Man City, all. <laughs> yeah, they're the big clubs. Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, you know, Tottenham, uh, I don't think Arsenal they're the games that Arsenal you'll see you know what I mean what what they're made of and I don't think in those games they're just up to it for those big clashes but we'll see we'll see with time but there you are Gunners David fans. and Goliath uh, yeah yeah, we, yeah we, are, we are the little Arsenal the little guys now <laughs> they should be the big guys but they're not anymore but there you go it was an interesting weekend of a sport all round late lunch LMFM radio how does your garden grow it is September but there's still time to get cracking with different little bits pieces in the garden and who best to tell us at the start of every month yes she is the queen of green nikki kyle is with us next now for some people at this time of the year the garden begins to fade from their focus but not a bit of it with my next guest and it shouldn't be with you either because there's lots we can sow and do in september uh, really at this time to you know what would you say to protect us uh, ahead in the challenging times that we're facing with uh, food security she's back with us she is the queen of our garden gardening. Nikki Kyle, hello again. Hi, Jerry. Autumn seems to have uh, rushed on us, hasn't it, it? It certainly has. All of a sudden, the light has gone in the evenings. I could feel the change in temperatures the last few days. And of course, we got some deluge of rain the weekend, Nikki. Oh, yeah. We were completely flooded here and I've been skating around on mud ever <laughs> since. It's drying up a bit today, but the trees are bent double mm. uh, because it's so windy, you know? Yes. Um, but, you know, talking of climate, actually, it's just reminded me. One thing I want to mention now um, is because we're getting these worse autumn and winter storms every year. If you have a greenhouse or a polytunnel, it's a really good uh, idea to invest now in some polytunnel tape. It's like giant sellotape, and it's for mending um, tunnels uh, and greenhouses or putting an X 
across greenhouse windows to strengthen them. It's a really good idea to do that. Um, like they did in the Blitz, you know, because mm. that actually strengthens them. If there is a crack, they won't blow in because if a greenhouse window or two blows in, then you can lose the whole yes. um, greenhouse, not just the glass, but the structure as well mm. because it can get bent and twisted. I mean, that happened to be three times up here on this hill before I, um, you know, decided to put up polytunnels instead, which yes. move a little bit. But greenhouses can't move, they crack. So it, you, you can actually buy um, it, this sort of giant sellotape stuff either online, uh, I've seen it on Amazon, or they sell very large rolls in National Agrochemicals in Lusk. Okay, that's great to know that. Online or National Agrochemicals yeah. in the Rush area, well-known place there. Let's begin today because I was uh, out and about yesterday working away, tipping around the garden, and my tomatoes, well, they're laden with uh, all shapes and sizes and colours. W- what do you suggest at this time? Come back to that, will you, for watering, feeding and deleafing? Yeah, well, I, I would pretty much take all the leaves off now, apart from, uh, you know, the, the, the very top ones. If they're mm. still green and not diseased, these are very top ones. But take the very tops of the tomatoes and cucumbers and aubergines off now, because they're not going to set any more flowers yes. um, uh, or, or fruits. And they need to put all the energy they've got left into the ones that are still developing. Okay. You know, I mean, increase air circulation to, you know, take off any dead, diseased or, or sort of dying leaves, um, you know, because the weather's very cold uh, and, um, you know, particularly at night, the days are much shorter. So even if we get sunlight, they're not going to get it for long. Mm. Um, and disease can spread rapidly. So, so that's really so important. So de-leaf away up, uh, right up and just leave the upper ones there. What about watering and feeding? Well, don't water or feed. Neither? Nope. Not, not now. They can't. The thing is that they need. You know, they're not photosynthesizing as much because there's less light. Um, watering is going to leave the soil damp. So when you close everything up at night, in case we get a gale that blows it away, um, you know, you're going to have damp air in there. So okay. they don't need watering now at this yes. stage. Just literally. Be- I mean, if you see things like aubergines wilting, then just keep, you know a little bit about uh, six inches or, or, or so centimeters away from the the roots. Okay. Um, and and also with cucumbers, uh, you know, they really need very warm sauna-like conditions and they're not going to get that now. So just be glad for the ones you, you still have okay. and, and, you know, you won't get any more. Now, I, I wanted to ask you this. It's probably too early to ask. Uh, maybe we should leave this till next month. Is it too early to consider garlic or planting garlic yeah. for next spring? Yeah, we'll talk about that next, next month. month. Okay. There's lots of, still Lovely. of stuff we can still do. Lovely. Month, so let's leave, leave that aside. Yeah. So now let's begin. You, you, you want to talk to listeners today about a, a real money-saving tip that you never mentioned before around runner beans. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, lots of people grow runner beans, even if they don't grow anything else. And do you know they actually are perennial plants, really, in South America where they grow. Um, and you can lift the roots, just like dahlia tubers, and store them over winter. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, if you store them in a box of sort of very dry old potting compost or something like that, they don't need to be, to be moist uh, in a pot or anything. <clears throat> They'll store until next April. You can plant them again then. You know, water them, pull them up, water them a little bit uh, in April, um, and they'll start to shoot from the top. And you can do this every year, and they get bigger and bigger. And eventually, they get big enough to soar in half. Yes. Just treat them exactly like dahlia tubers. But at the same time, you know, apart from saving you a fortune in seed every year, you can also save seeds from the last beans that develop, if you're clever, and leave them um, to, 
to, to develop. And then you can cook these just like any other beans, save them for seed or, um, you know, save them for dried beans. So you get double the value from them, just as your, your friend John Lowe said earlier, but every cent counts. <laughs> oh, she's listening in. Very good. Ten out of ten <laughs> from Miss Nikki Kyle today. Oh, uh, great tip there. Now, what about uh, salad crops? Still time? Oh, yeah, lots of time. Lots of things you can still sow. Um, things like broccoli rab or, or chima de rapa, as it's called. Very fast-growing uh, little sort of broccoli with, with small leaves. Lovely, sort of stir-fried with uh, a bit of garlic in some pasta and cream or something. Um, there's spinach and pak choy. Uh, lots of Chinese vegetables, which are very fast to produce uh, leaves and shoots. Um, they can all be sown now, either directly if you've got room, or into modules. Mm. So that you can transplant them when you have got the room, but they don't get any disturbance because otherwise they'll run straight up to seed, to flower. And you see that broccoli, it's fascinating. 60 days, folks, you'll have spears and the lovely leaves. Would you get that seed at the moment, do you think, anywhere? Well, you should be able to. I know Mr. Fothergill's do it. Yes. They're fairly widely available. Um, Yeah, you, you can. Uh, if you look, actually, there's a very good um, organic seed company, oh gosh, in the West of the, um, Cedarholic, that's their name. Yes. Um, and they are in the West of Ireland, and they had it the last time I looked. Quite a few seed companies will have it. You'll get it somewhere. Um, and it's actually very good. It grows very fast. You'll have a crop in, in sort of about 10, um, yeah, uh, sorry, six weeks. Uh, and um, you'll, you can take the leaves, you can take the little small, they're not as big as normal broccoli, mm. but they're lovely little tasty shoots. And keep on picking them. And and they keep on coming. Brilliant. Now, here's something else, folks, that uh, anybody can do as well. Talking about salad bags, watercress and spring onions. Tell us about this. You know everything. This woman knows everything. Go on. <laughs> I wish I did. <laughs> <laughs> How to run the country or the world, actually, would be nice. You do good. You do good. I know you would. Anyway, come on. Uh, watercress. And- yeah, if you could find watercress shoots in salad bags, you know, very often you find them in sort of mixed bags of, of, uh, of sort of spinach and... Um, uh, rocket, mm. um, but you'll, you you know you'll recognise watercress. Very often it'll have small little roots on already, but pop them in a jar of water. In a couple of days they'll grow masses of roots, and and they'll get bigger and bigger and bigger. Plant them in really nice moist fertile soil, and they'll give you fantastic crops all winter long. And they really are a wonderful crop to grow. Mm. Um, you can cook them, make wonderful soup, put them in souffles, all kinds of things, uh, and salads, uh, and then spring onions. Um, or scallions uh, from supermarkets. If you get them with the, the little basil plate, the little brown bit at the bottom still intact and not cut off, mm. um, if you pop them in a, a small a jar of water again, little, you know, a couple of centimetres of water in the bottom, they will very soon sprout uh, roots. And if you, you can crop those all winter too. If you just cut off all the leaves instead of digging them up, they'll keep shooting out new leaves and they're wonderful for spring onions for all sorts of uses. There you are. So they are ready-made in little bags there with roots and they're on, they've grown and they can produce more for you. Lalo Rossa, it's a lovely lettuce, loose leaf, yes, still time? Absolutely, yeah. Any of the loose leaf ones is still time because obviously you can start picking them as soon as the leaves are grown big enough to be useful. Mm. Um, you know, and, and if you don't have a garden, you can even grow those in um, you know, a, a bag of peat-free compost, which you can turn into a, a grow bag, a larger grow bag, and actually they're really useful for um, anything. Uh, you know, sorry, something's just run down my neck. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Could be a robin. I mean, they're invading the house now as well. <laughs> anyway, sorry about that. <laughs> Rude interruption. 
I love it. I love it. It's just as it happens on live radio. There you are. Now, the other thing to say is, and I know you've mentioned this to me before, you know, and I, I had a, a bed to clear myself yesterday. I don't have much outdoors anymore, but one bed, and I cleared it. What should I do with the bare soil now? Oh, just either cover it or uh, grow a green manure. Um, you know, there's lots of green manures. You can look those up online. I mean, uh, any of the things that will grow now for a few weeks. Uh, and if they're ones that are frost tender, then you can cover the bed or just cover the bed with cardboard or something waterproof to stop the rain running through it because we don't want to leave soil open to the elements. It wastes nutrients and it pollutes groundwater. And at the moment, that's very topical because it's happening all over the country with farmers spreading slurry. It's going straight into groundwater, into rivers, and there's been fish kills and all sorts of things. So, you know, we shouldn't, even on our small gardening scale, we shouldn't be doing that. Uh, it protects soil, and there's no point wasting nutrients, because if you protect the soil, those nutrients will be there for you next year when you want to grow crops. The whole issue of your own compost, and I have a number of bins coming to fruition now, they're ready to go in and enhance the soil. Would you hold back till the spring before you empty the bins? Um, if we get a mild winter, you know, the worms will actually go on working and they actually are very valuable because worms actually um, increase the nutrient value of compost when they work through it and work it into the soil. So as long as it's covered, mm. that's absolutely fine. But okay. don't, for heaven's sake, leave it uncovered. Because not only that, you're actually releasing, I think it's nitrous oxide or nitric oxide I- I- into the air, which causes climate change uh, if you leave it uncovered. So it's really, really important to cover it. And Nikki, would you just top dress it and let it work its way down with yeah. the worms and that from there? Don't dig it in. No, 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 don't. Well, I try not to dig soil anyway, yes, but the yes. worms will actually do, you know, nature doesn't do that, apart from the odd badger. But, you know, mm. um, it, it will actually get worked in by the worms. And by, by spring, if you don't feel like doing anything over the winter, you'll have lovely friable soil, which you could just, you know, plant straight into and you won't have to do anything at all. The worms do it all for you. Now, you want to encourage listeners not to dump their old freezer or fridges. Why? Oh, absolutely, because they make brilliant stores for either apples or root crops. Um, you know, early apples won't keep. So, I mean, a lot of them have come down in the last few days in the gales. Um, so cook and freeze those. Uh, but later ones will keep, depending on, on the variety, uh, as to how long they'll keep. Um, but, you know, you, you can actually store them in an old freezer or a fridge, um, in baskets or in, in uh, the trays. Um, and just, you know, the, the, they make a really good, well-insulated um, store and yet they also retain a certain amount of humidity which you can control by sort of opening or closing the door um, a, a little bit you know depending on how, mm. how damp it is in there and always try to, to store them when they're dry not when they're wet otherwise you'll have too much humidity and you might get rotting uh, but it's really worth doing because you can't use all your eating apples or cooking apples up at once mm. um, you know and all fruit and vegetables are getting much more expensive and we really don't know what the food supply is going to be like later in the year. So anything you can grow or save yourself now is well worth doing. And another thing that's well worth actually storing, if you can get hold of really nice pumpkins or squashes, the proper eating time, eating kind, not the Halloween ones, um, you know, put them in the sun, get them really, really well ripened and they will keep for months. They'll actually keep until next May. Um, you know, e- even butternut squashes will if they're really well ripened and you can tell when they're well ripened because they have a very sort of corky looking hard stem the stem won't be green anymore Mm. uh, and that's the way you know but they will keep for months and they're absolutely brilliant 
Just a final word uh, for our bees, please. How are the annuals now is the time to sow for next spring? Absolutely. So lots of flowers now for bees. And actually, in in a greenhouse or polytunnel, you could even plant coriander and things like that now, which will flower uh, either over the winter or in spring. You know, we don't know what the weather's going to do. And it's really, really important to have something there for the bees actually all year round inside because then they've got dry nectar and pollen. So uh, actually, any of the brassicas or anything you have growing, rockets and things like that you can leave to flower and that's so valuable for bees over the winter I've done that because you recommended to me earlier in the year and you are so right it just attracts them in and it's wonderful to see them and they are part and parcel of everything we do we need them yes otherwise we wouldn't have any food they they about two thirds of the food we eat anyway I've a pain in me thumb killing caterpillars but that's another story (laughs) for another day properly, Sherry. <laughs> I, I know. All your cabbages. <laughs> anyway, that's a, another lesson uh, for another time. Nikki, <laughs> thank you so much for joining me. NikkiKyleGardening.com You're welcome. Happy gardening, folks. Mm, same to you. Take care. What a wonderful, wonderful woman she is and lots to chew on there. Literally. You're not getting any more. <laughs> you are not getting any more. <gasps> I am lovely. not giving you any more. <laughs> I think I had about three dozen in the last hour. <laughs> I brought herself in a bag of tomatoes. They're yummy. <laughs> I'm, after, I'm, after lo- I'm after looking in there and there is barely a handful left. She's actually left. eaten the whole lot of them before we went on air and, and during the show. And I feel sick. <laughs> Louise, you are never getting another tomato of me until the show is over and, you can, and then she'd probably eat them all the way home in the car or something as well it'd be as bad well, it's better you'll, than jelly you'll, you'll be uh-huh. like you know what you'll be like you'll be like a noompa loompa this evening <laughs> except you'd be all red so you will from head what to toe what is there's a carotene or something in the tomato that gives you colour she's after telling me there's nicotine there in is tomatoes. nicotine in tomatoes there is I remember being in fifth year and some people coming down that were scientists to try and get us to study physics and they told us that there was nicotine in tomatoes and radiation in some kind of nuts. Jesus, I'm worried now because you'll be smoking again. <laughs> you'll be smoking again. You're after getting the taste for the nicotine in the tomato. I wonder, I wonder what it's like if you tried to light a tomato. <laughs> I don't think you'd have much joy. Just to give you a little bit of advice on that one there. <laughs> but this they are is, lovely though thank you very much I know but should they I grow tomatoes for their flavour as you know mm. well know I grow them for their flavour I grow flavoursome variety of tomatoes small ones as well me- medium sized ones the run of the mill tomatoes that you get ah, you could take them or leave them they're nearly like the tomatoes you buy in the supermarket there's not a lot of flavour off them but we grow for flavour and there is isn't there there's oh, buckets yes, gorgeous. there's buckets of flavour in those mm. tomatoes that is the key difference so it is and uh, I'd encourage anyone growing them to grow for variety grow varieties that give you the flavour because that's what it's all about and Irish tomatoes are just lovely <laughs> don't eat more than 20 at a time what is she like folks what is she like at all while I'm on it I I meant to ask you we were talking to Lizzie top of the show would you you know if you were at a festival like Electric Picnic and I'm sure you were in your time a tent and a washout night would you survive it I don't know Mm. don't know not easy no you probably you think you could but in that rain like I mean that rain was was thunderous yeah it It would have just Taking the tent out of the mudslides, wouldn't it? I looked out our back and we have a bucket, you know, a good sized bucket. I suppose it's two foot tall anyway, maybe a little more. It was full to the brim. 
after the rain the weekend. You know what I mean? It's it that filled much up. rain. There was that yeah. much rain. There was an awful lot of rain. But and there was I, a bit of wind as well. Yeah, I remember going to Listu and Varna years ago uh, to the Listu and Varna Music Festival and my little mini, SIY211, <laughs> not a shower for the three days and it Did bucketed. you stay in the mini? Did you sleep in the we mini? We had a tent, we had a oh. tent and we were washed and we came home. I had no showers then, no nothing. Well, I'd say you could smell us from Claire coming back to Drogheda. <laughs> <laughs> we were stinking that much. Memories, memories of festivals. That's what it's all about. It is. It's all about that. It certainly is. Jerry, I'll take some of them tomatoes so Louise won't feel sick, says Cora from RD today. I love tomatoes, but can't get nice ones anywhere anymore. Any advice where to get nice tomatoes, please? What you need to do, Cora, is find out somebody that lives near you that has a greenhouse or a tunnel and are growing their own tomatoes. And we often find that we grow too many and we have a lot of them and we love to give them to people as well to try them out. What? the real taste of good Irish tomatoes is like after a lovely summer that would be my advice to you to be honest with you to go and find somebody locally and I'm sure they'll be only happy to give you a taster for yourself I wish you well with that anyway late lunch this time every day it's uh, this is what's going to happen The Late Lunch Artist of the Week Artist of the Week My Artist of the Week is appearing in Kilkenny this week and this is what brought him to mind to me and I'm delighted to feature him. His name is Raymond Edward O'Sullivan and he was born on the 1st of December 1946 on the Cork Road in Waterford. There were six children in his family and his dad worked in Clover Meats, big employer there at the time, while his mam ran a sweet shop to make ends meet. Life took the family to the UK in 1953 where his dad took up a really good job offer there. London was their first port of call before they settled in Swindon in 1954. Sadly, his dad died suddenly when Raymond was only 10 and three years after the family hightailed it to the UK for his work. Shocking, wasn't it? Interestingly, while in Ireland and in the UK, there was always a piano in a room available to all of the children in the family, all of them, with a view perhaps to one of them taking it up and possibly earning a living from music. And that's exactly what happened to one of the O'Sullivan clan. Yes, my artist of the week this week is Gilbert O'Sullivan, his stage name. Raymond was his real name, as I mentioned to you. And today, I'm going to begin my week of his songs with this one. His first big hit in the UK. It's from his debut album called Himself. And many people will remember an iconic appearance on Top of the Pops. If I give up the seat I've been saving To some elderly lady, oh man Am I being a good boy, am I? Your pride and joy, mother, please, if you please say I am.
My artist of the week, uh, Gilbert O'Sullivan, on your late lunch this Monday afternoon. And I mentioned there, Top of the Pops, when he appeared with that iconic flat cap look as he uh, performed and brought his music to the wider world. That uh, song there, number eight in the UK charts in 1970 and his first really, really big hit. I'll have more from and about Gilbert on late lunch each afternoon this week, round about this time. Now, you probably have heard that uh, Britain has a new prime minister. Her name is Liz Trust. Sheila Bailey is a good friend of ours on Late Lunch from Dundalk living in uh, England for years a Conservative Party member who voted for Miss Trust for the leadership and she's joining me on Late Lunch next. Originally from Dundalk she's a very good friend of ours on Late Lunch and she's nearly a go-to person now in the UK when we need to talk about people and issues and she's certainly buzzed up this afternoon because Liz Truss has just been uh, elected by the Conservative Party to lead their party and will be made British Prime Minister tomorrow and I believe Sheila Bailey she got your vote. She most certainly did Jerry. it's good to hear you. Thank you for joining me. Uh, I saw you tweeting just before you were in the air uh, your joy that she had been announced as leader. Look, can I ask you this? Really, she you'd have to say she's the Boris candidate because Rishi Sunak, who really pulled the rug from under Boris, when he went, really, the deck of cards collapsed and that's why she's been elected. What do you say to that? Do you know, I think uh, some of the comments made and some of the reporting has been... Um, more than just a little insulting to the people who voted her in. It is true that it is the, you know, the members who voted for her, but the view is that all the members are ancient, elderly, male, incredibly wealthy people living in the southeast of England. That's simply not true. The membership of the party is a very, very broad church. And my view of, of the reason Liz was always the number one candidate is that she is ambitious, She's ambitious for herself, and to be ambitious for yourself, you have to be able to deliver. No, you don't build a reputation on what you're going to do. You know, you have to get out there and do it. Of all the candidates, I think she's the one that's been longest in cabinet. So, <clears throat> excuse me, she has more actual experience than the others. She's very pragmatic. Um, she may have come across a little bit brittle, but, you know, not, nobody's perfect. Um, and I think she will be the one person who can pull people together now. And that's really important that she pulls the party together, the Tory party together. Now she's the third uh, woman to lead the country, the third Conservative uh, Prime Minister as well. And that is going to be a huge challenge for her to pull the party together, as you say there. Will Rishi Sunak, do you think, have a part to play? Will he be on the front bench? Um <clears throat> I'd hope not. I think his, I think last week's statements about the fact that he didn't support any of the, the measures that were taken uh, over COVID, he was in the cabinet. If he didn't support them, then why did he sit around? So of all the, of all the candidates who came forward, the one I really hope is in the cabinet uh, is uh, Kemi Badenoch. I thought she was mm. outstanding for a young uh, in terms of the amount of time she spent uh, in Parliament. I thought she has a great future and I hope she's given a really good job. 
Where is she going to find the money to help people? We have the same scenario, of course, in this country with the rising uh, cost of energy, uh, the rising cost of uh, of everything, Sheila. Um, and, you know, Rishi Sunak would have said that her economic policies don't add up. Borrow, borrow, borrow. Live on the never, never. Well, to be fair, Rishi isn't in a position to criticise her anymore, I don't think, because I'm not sure his policies were that much greater. Um, This is an unprecedented financial crisis in peacetime. Um, Whatever measures come forward, and one of the things that I think we have to consider is everybody's saying, well, you know, in six months' time, for heaven's sake, none of us know what it's going to be like in six weeks' time. I mean, when you look at the the way um, oil and gas prices have gone, when you look at the demands that have been made, you know, it's very, very hard to uh, see this forward. So I think she is going to have to surround herself with people who genuinely want to make it work and not score points, because we are all sick to death with scoring points. You know, people like um, that Michael Gove, who has absolutely no loyalty to anybody, um, you know, he becomes the story and his, his comments become the story. Well, what we need now is politicians who will sit round. And I heard one, um, well, I had a long conversation about the Northern Ireland situation this morning. You know, there has to be respect for all the devolved countries and the situation with the protocol needs to be addressed because that's a very serious one. It is, and uh, there's worry in Dublin with her election. You, you know this yourself in the Irish government circles that she will uh, invoke something that will really lead to uh, an, uh, an unprecedented situation with the EU and Britain as well. You know what I mean? Article 16, is it? It's, uh, you know, we, this is really what we were talking about, is the fact that um, when you look back to James Brokenshire, I think he had a unique grasp of what was needed in Northern Ireland. And he had that grasp because his special advisor, I believe, comes from County Armagh. It's Armagh, Monaghan, one or the other. And so he actually understood the situation. He understood the history and he understood why people feel the way they do on, on, on every side as, as best one can. And I think that is seriously lacking. You know, people sort of... There's no point pretending that 99% of the people who live in Great Britain as opposed to the United Kingdom know anything about Northern Ireland. And the sad fact is, I'm not terribly sure that they feel any affinity with it. Uh, So they they don't see it as the priority it is and of the importance it holds. So somebody needs to grasp that very quickly. Mm, Absolutely, and it needs resolving from all uh, parties' perspectives. Will she emerge from the shadow of Johnson? You know, his shadow is he's still an MP. He's on the back benches. People are speculating, where does he go next? What does he do? Could it be like Trump that he'd imagine a comeback someday? Oh, God, yes. Oh, yes, I wouldn't take my eye off Boris and what he gets up to. Um... You know, it's it, it's been it's been an unprecedented mess. The whole thing has been a mess, and it's been embarrassing. And Boris has been an incredibly disappointing um, prime minister. I don't think he could have done an awful lot more on um, COVID. Everybody was operating from a position of weakness in that nobody had been through it before. He did what the scientists advised him to do. So I'm prepared to to you know, give him credit for what he achieved there. But the rest of it, his behaviour, his ability to understand the public's annoyance at what happened. Um, but Boris's ego is the only thing bigger than Boris's mistakes.
And I can see him sitting there and thinking, now I'll, I'll just sit by my time and see what happens. Mm, that's uh, an interesting point you make there. In a general sense, you will hear this a lot this evening, I'm sure. It'll be put to Liz Trust. You've been elected by the Conservative membership as the leader of the Conservative Party, but you don't have a mandate from the country. So call a general election. What do you say to that? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You know, um, I, I love uh, general elections. I, I probably enjoy Irish general elections more because they're <laughs> such a... Uh, such a spectacle and there's so much going on right now when the country and and really not just the country the world is in a deep crisis this energy situation and it, it's it's everything and you know i was thinking today it's it's will the pubs be open late at night normal hours will they be able to heat them what about country pubs will they go to the wall what about lights at christmas i know i used to be the world's greatest grinch but i won't be anymore what about christmas lights i mean can we afford the luxury of the place looking wonderful and lit up. At this time, the last thing we need is uh, a general election, which takes MPs, which takes the, the, the cabinet away from the job of running the country and dealing with things and puts them as electioneering. Certainly not. Yes, because it's been sort of in limbo, as you know, with the time it's taking for this election since Boris actually, you know, had to resign and has been gone. There is an awful lot of work to be done. So in a general sense today, you're hopeful for Liz. In Liz, you trust. I do. That's a very, very good... I must remember that statement. That's a really good comment. I do. I think her entire career is is, is really now... Um, on the line. She's put herself out there. But I think she's pragmatic. I think she's pragmatic. She's taken an awful lot of flack. She's had people laugh at her. She's had newspapers pillory her for her fizz with Liz. Um, as if every politician doesn't go around canvassing favour from those that are going to vote for them. Uh, give the woman a chance. She knows all eyes, and not just in the, in the UK, all eyes are on her and how she's going to handle this. They certainly are and she has a huge challenge and task ahead of her, as you said, unprecedented in peacetime. But all you can do is wish her well at this time and let her get on with the job and get stuck in. Sheila, I really do appreciate you taking time to join us today. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Lovely to talk to you, Jerry. You too, Sheila. Bye-bye. And that's Sheila Bailey there, originally from Dundalk, Conservative Party member and who voted for Liz Truss in the UK. God, the news is going to be full this evening. I will be glued. That's our lot on Late Lunch. First show of the week this Monday afternoon. Tomorrow, Laytown Races. Coming up Thursday, Joe Collins and Kevin Coleman will be joining us on the show. We have your two on Tuesday. More from Gilbert, my artist of the week. And Graham Bernie. what a story this man has. He's fought and overcome cancer, but when you hear what he has to tell you tomorrow, he probably should have sought help sooner. There's a real lesson in his story, and I'm looking forward to chatting to him on the show. Eddie Caffrey's coming next here on LMFM Radio with The Drive, fabulous music and more besides. Stay with us. We'll be back Tuesday, 1.30. It's a date. See you then. LMFM Podcasts. With CNC Carpets, we bring the showroom to you. Or book a new showroom appointment on 87 Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.